bathroom. And it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Spunk Talk. Episode number 48, recorded Friday, July 1st, 2011. What's up with that? It's Friday and it's July 1st. Where'd the whole year go? Episode title, You've Been Boned? What the heck does that mean? We got that and more this week on Splunk Talk. I gotta have more cowbell. Splunk Talk, fighting answers without a doubt. Splunk Talk will help you figure it out. Splunk Talk, I can tell the whole world about Splunk Talk. Splunk Talk. Hey Maverick, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Good. I wonder if you maybe could produce an edit of the Splunk Talk thing with just the cowbell. Just the cowbell and you singing. I can do better. I can actually give you a video of me hitting the cowbell and like, dancing a little jig at the same time as I, hit, as I hit the cowbell. More cowbell. cowbell. <laughs> uh, good weekday listener, whatever. <laughs> Welcome to Splunk Talk. This is your... One of your co-hosts, Michael Wilde. I'm out of Austin, Texas, and I work uh, for Splunk. And people call me the Splunk Ninja, but I work with the pre-sales team and have been here forever for a long and time. And, and I'm Maverick, and I'm working out of the Plano office, and I'm a principal uh, sales engineer here at Splunk. And we've been doing this for a long time now, long almost time. almost getting close to 50. This is 48, right? So. Well, we've been doing yeah, we're at, we're at almost 50th episode, and then also Maverick and I have been here for pretty much almost five years now, which is almost yeah, really cool. Um, That's I don't think I've ever worked any place for nope. that long. This is the only job I've worked that long because either I was fired or I got tired of it and left. The only other th- real thing that I've done that is longer than five years. Well, I've been with my wife for slightly over five years, but like longer than high school, longer than college, longest job I've ever had. I think elementary school was longer than this. Maybe, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um all right. I well I got to get this out of the way right away. What is okay. this you've been boned title about? I got to know. Okay. Yeah, no, I think I I don't think we want to say it right now. I would rather wait till the end to where then, you know, we kind of tease everybody with it. But it's a it's a splunk thing. It's an it internal thing. It is not thing. something dirty. Okay. You no, know, it's not. It's not. It's not something dirty. But of course, that's what you always want everyone to think. So, well, you remember, <laughs> you remember that show title a while ago. It was like uh, something is sucking my disc. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, it's along the same kind of lines. As yeah, this. that was. Um, good. But it's not what it not what appears. It's actually an internal thing that we that's uh, happened. To okay, we'll tell so them we'll, at we'll, the end. We'll tell them but we'll, but even some of the Splunkers that are newer that work oh, here no. probably don't even know about it. I think some of us have been here for four or five years. Uh, totally know what it, know what it means. So we'll we'll reveal it to the uh, whole world here. Um, we'll reveal it to the world. Reveal the big All reveal. Right. Okay, we have a couple of questions and some stuff that we learned this week. How do we get this rolling, Maverick? Uh, well, uh, one of us asked the other a question that's been sent in by a user or something. Uh, maybe we've encountered a, a question from someone during the week working with the customers like we do every day as mm. part of our daily job. And I will go first this time. Would you oblige as, me? You would oblige I, me by going I will, first. I will oblige you. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, send in. Um, this question uh, says, it goes like this. I have a set of multi-line events that represent a transaction. Hmm. Each line in, in these events are a set of structured CSV. I'd like to pull out a third value of each line and make it a field called call underscore ID. 
how do I make a field extraction that will repeat several times in a multi-line event? Okay. All righty. That's a good one. So this came up this week, and the person had these, you could think of as sort of transactions. It was like a multi-line event that had like, let's say, the beginning of a transaction had one on one line, and then each particular episode, not episode, each particular action in the transaction was on a separate line, but it was CSVs. So, you know, there was, they all looked the same, but each field meant something different. So, right. So anyways, the, um, the person, uh, wanted to pick out, let's say the fifth field in each line of this big multi-line event. Fifth field. Okay. And you know, each the fifth field, for example, was call ID. Okay. Let's call it call underscore ID. So what you really need to do is normally when you pull out a field, you just find it with a regex and you extract it and it's right. sort of done. And, you know, most of the time with regex, you just want to find the first one and go get it. But you can write a regex that is repeating. OK, you can if you write the regex uh, well enough that you won't have it match on too many things, there's two ways to do this. And I always try at the search language first because, you know. It's just simpler. So first I'll pipe to Rex, okay? And let's say in our case, we were looking for the beginning of the line of each line. So Splunk does keep the, the actual line break in there. So the beginning of each line within this multi-line event, we went out four or five fields and then picked whatever was in between col uh, commas. So I piped it to Rex, and then you do max underscore match. So normally when you pipe to Rex, you just pipe it to Rex, and then you type in a... A quotes and then a pattern and then field extraction. Okay. But in this case, I can, there's a setting or a switch that you can put in there max underscore match. By default, Rex matches once. If you say max match equals, let's say, 100, it will match up to 100 different occurrences in this particular file. So, you know, we got the regex right and then we just changed max match to like 10 because no lines were over 10. And boom, what we end up with is a multi-value field. So call ID now has, you know, 34, 37, 48, 94, whatever those values were. Right. Now, uh, the person, when I was helping them, they said, well, wait, does it, does it create one field that is set of commas? Like call ID equals 9, 6, 8, comma, and it actually doesn't. It creates um, uh, sort of separate instances of that field so we call that a multi-value field if you were to show that field under the event you would see call id equals seven call id equals nine call id equals 35 okay so that's how you yeah. do it at the search language you can do the same thing and bake it into the configuration you have to do what's called a field transformation uh it's something that happens at search time you're going to be wiring this up in props.conf or transforms.conf Matter of fact, you're going to need to do this at the command line because not every option is available at the GUI. But wire up a field extraction with props.conf. Okay? Then create a field transformation and transforms. You can use the same regex that you used for Rex, but in this case, you're going to put an entry in there that says uh, mv underscore add equals true. Okay? Uh -huh. And uh, that will actually... Um, create multi-value fields it'll let the thing repeat and it'll pretty much just work and you know it's kind of funny because a lot of other companies you get you have some weird request you're like 
I needed to do this crazy thing. And the answer is almost, well, not quite in this version. Whereas Splunk, there's like 90 ways to accomplish stuff. And sometimes it takes you a little while to figure it out. But I really like the fact that almost, uh, you know, it's an awesome set of tools and you can do that. So totally yeah, doable. Totally that's doable. Pretty, that's pretty cool. I, I don't think I've ever done that. I think I've, well, I might have done it from the from the uh, GUI, but not in the command, like you're saying, to enable it with the parameter um, in the transform. So that's pretty cool. So you can teach it to kind of do it all the time like that on that particular source or whatever. Yeah, because also if you can write a regex that if you can make it repeat, then you don't have to make it so darn long and precise. Yeah. Especially if you if there was a variable number of lines in there, like some transactions had three, some had four events, that would be really, really hard because you'd be searching through all this data. But in this case, write a nice regex, tell Splunk to repeat it, and bang, 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 it just works. <laughs> bang, 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 boned. All right. So I got a question for you, Maverick, if you would oblige us. I, uh, well, yeah, if you will oblige me first, and then I'll oblige you back. How's that? I already obliged, didn't I? Oh, yeah, maybe so. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I'm much somebody's, obliged. somebody's obliged and somebody's been obliged. I feel obligated to oblige. Okay. And then so, it's just like <laughs> someone's been boned. Same All right. thing. All right. So um, let's go. I would like to calculate some statistics based on values within my events. However, comma, I would like to also include overall totals as well as incremental ongoing statistics as the events progressively arrive over time. Oh, Holy okay. how. Wow, both. Hmm. Uh, what tips can you offer me uh, on this question? Uh, yeah, okay. So if you're wanting, so so this, so I guess we got to make an assumption here that right. you're probably progressively over time probably means you're doing a time chart of some sort. Maybe. Although you could you could be doing a stats too, I guess, or a, um, uh, you know, some kind of getting the statistics for a time period. But uh, but it, assuming it's a time chart and you're doing it over time and maybe progressively, maybe you're doing calculations uh, in spans of one hour over a 24 hour period. So so you get 24 rows basically. For each, one for each hour, um, you could um, you could use event stats, uh, pipe to event stats, which I think we've talked about before in another episode previously about you know to calculate the totals. So you could get the overall total, and then it would it would essentially append a new column uh, with that with that total for the entire set of events for that whole twenty four hour period. But if you wanted to do it, I mean we've done that right. We've talked about that. Yeah. That's, so. Um, like, like, like an example. What, like, would doing, um, would like disk space, for example, like usage or CPU usage, for CPU example, usage, right? So yeah, let's say you're yeah. monitoring it every minute, and you might want to know the running total or the running average. So, for example, let's say there's a value that happens right now, but you want to also compare that against the average over time. Um, event right. stats will let you do that, right? Well, yeah, but it'll do it for the whole entire period uh, that you're doing it. If you, but, but, but the part of this question that talks about whether he's asking about the incremental ongoing statistic, that means you kind of want to have a running average, kind of like a moving average at the same time. And right. we do have a trend line, which I think we've talked about too, a trend line command that will give you a moving average, and you can have specific choices there. And then, but I think also um, stream stats is another command that will keep. Uh, running totals as you go from the event level, but only up to the point in time that it, that you've gotten to at that point. So if you have this time chart where you break it into these hourly uh, spans, then each for each line, each hour, you would see the running 
uh, stats, you know, uh, that are uh, average or whatever for over all of them up to that point, um, not just within the hour, which would be a separate column, which would be from the, if you pipe to the time chart one, it would give you the average, if you use the average command there. So, um, so it's kind of a nice way to kind of, and then I've even seen people pipe in deltas too afterwards to figure out how far off they are on the running total you know, from two times before and that kind of thing. And I think also stream stats gives you some really cool options, like um, to include so many f five from the past, like you can only do it in buckets. Like of a window, five. yeah. You can like a window, window, yeah. And and so it's kind of cool. And then also don't include my current one, only the ones that have led up to this point, but don't include the current values uh, within this current hour. So you'd say current equals false and things like that. So there's some interesting things there you can do in the stats, like you're saying CPU usage or um, a disk, uh, free disk space, you know, especially if you want to have alerts uh, on those things, um, not, and not just the trending, but also to set up alerts on when it, when it looks like it's uh, trending too far south, right, for your, for your uh, own comfort. And right. so you want to, get, want to know about it, maybe, just, maybe add some more capacity or something. Yeah, the stream stats and event stats are pretty cool. Uh, I think you also need, if you're doing real time, you'd want to use stream stats like within that window, for example. Um, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So we got user conference coming up. Maverick and I are, are going to be there. Um, I'm fine. You know what? I, they're letting me do my regex class now. No way, really? Way. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually been published on the schedule, but we're, I've been <laughs> now commit. It's funny thing is, it got nixed last year, and then marketing comes to me and says, wow, you're doing your regex class this year. I'm like, great. I didn't know that. I didn't <laughs> even sign up for it. Did they, did they give you a sponsor, like someone to sponsor you? For yes, the yeah, they did. Well, actually, <laughs> I got to show. I, I, they, they said, give me a description, so I'm, I'm going to talk about all the ways regex is used in Splunk. How to do some, uh, how to think in regex, and how to identify patterns in the matrix, and and some other stuff, and demystify it. But they said, "Yep, uh, give me a title, give me a description, and who do you want to be your sponsor slash coach?" And I'm like, "Eh, Carasso and Sorkin would be fine." So, so guess who I got? I didn't get the pick. I should have. I got I got our buddy Jeff Blake. That's used to be on the show. <laughs> wow. So he's all being formal. You know, you know what he's saying right now? Right now he's doing this. <laughs> exactly. So he's yeah. my sponsor. And I, and not, I mean, I would have picked him anyway, but it's just funny because now he's all being all, you know, um, formal and I am your sponsor and I will be, you know, sponsoring. Oh, I'm sure he enjoys it. He's enjoying it. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun with it, I think. Um, but I think I would, I would, Hey, stop that. that so, so, you know, so I'm really, really happy that it's him, actually. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't do that. Uh, you're really happy it's uh, Jeff Blake. I can't imagine that. So, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's awesome. User conference is going to be pretty sweet. Um, I'm also looking at seeing if I can stream stuff. And we're going to do Splunk Talk live from there. We're still working out the logistics and all that. But if you're coming to user conference, come up and uh, we'll, we'll, Maybe have you on the show, talk about what you're doing, uh, or just joke around. And, you know, maybe we'll have someone else run the soundboard, uh, you know, so that someone else can participate in doing things like this. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Actually, actually, by the time this is out, um, maybe people are already there. We might be already Yeah, there. yeah, they, they should be there. So, to, okay, okay. What do you got for what did we learn this week? I got something. It's kind of nerdy, but you got anything? 
Um, I got a, one quick thing. Um, right. Yeah, and then um, and I'll keep it short. But uh, but I think this is really really cool. One of our um, internal uh, client architects uh, actually was a he was previously a customer of mine actually, uh, Splunk customer before we uh, convinced him to come over and join us, or Vinny, he convinced is that Vinny us. Bums? To, yeah, Vinny Bums. We Vinny we Bums. he 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 um, he convinced us to hire him, but right. it was a no brainer pretty much. Um, he put together a JDBC scripted add-on. So if you have a need to get to a JDBC connection and get data out of a database into Splunk, he wrote one that you can kind of tweak around and just with a few configurations, and it's it's pretty awesome. So I'm just like thought that was really neat to share, and and I've been telling people about it if they if they want you know like if you want to get data out of a database table, right? And you have a JDBC connection. You know, you just set this thing up, and then Splunk would automatically could just be making the call to the to the little Java thing he's got, and then boom, it goes in and pulls out your table and on a periodic basis and everything. So, not that we didn't have other solutions already, like ODBC connection. Uh, yeah, but they really but weren't ODBC though. They were in the past. There was a Perl DBI, DBI thing. DBI, but. yeah. But this is a really kind of more robust, I guess. And I guess he's going to keep maintaining it, adding to it, and making it. Um, uh, making it more useful, and hopefully people will start downloading it and using it. So is I it out there it, yet? Is it it is out. Th- yeah, he oh. put it out there already. So I figured, you know, I'd mention it because I just think that some people might have a need for that and might make their life a little easier. So if I go to splunkbase.com, and what am I going to search on? Like just J- J- JDBC. JDBC. Yeah, JDBC. Sounds like a network. Live on JDBC. JDBC. <laughs> <laughs> It's JDBC in the morning. Oh, yeah. It's called JDBC Scripted Input. That's right. And uh, it's got a little pile of downloads, some votes. And uh, if it's good, you should review it. So that's great because I think uh, we do have uh, some people here, although you know we're a pretty Python and C-centric environment. We got some people here programming Java. And the nice thing about Java is there's a database connector for almost every database. So that was a pretty slick thing, and, and it looks like a pretty cool app. I think so. All right. Here's what I learned this week. What did you learn? All right. I learned this week um, two things. So you might have worked with a command called one shot. Okay. So inside the GUI, when you go to add a data source, you can say upload a file and you just, it'll upload a file. Um, Well, there are some limitations on the size that can be uploaded. A lot of times you might just have a file you want to eat, right? It's right there. You just, maybe it's a zip file and you don't want to monitor. You just want to just use the command line to do that. So when you do Splunk add one shot, you can uh, basically give it the file path and it'll just eat it. Matter of fact, it doesn't abide by the fish bucket, so you can actually eat a file multiple times. And I do this all the time for testing. But you can set the host name that everything should have. You can set the source type. You say dash source type. And there's now a new command line switch that says dash rename dash source. So let's say your source is wild's crazy ugly demo test log dot at log. And you don't actually want that to be the name of the source. You want right. to name it to wild log. So you could dash rename dash source equals wild log or space wild log. And uh, Splunk will then apply the proper metadata to those events when it's indexed. So, and where did I learn that? Not from the docs. I learned that on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Um, were you splunking Twitter, or are you just on Twitter? And no, someone, no. Another customer or something? Or? No, it, it turns out it was a guy by the name of Dan Dayton. hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Uh, who a partner. I think it's a partner, yeah. He works with Aplora, probably over at um, LaShawn Wilkerson. Sure. Dan, D-D-I-G-H-T-O-N on Twitter. 
And uh, he posted it out there, and I I learned. Pretty sweet. All right, so here's another nerdy thing that I learned. Um, you know, remember we were talking about this field extraction stuff earlier? Um, yeah. Normally, when you do a field extraction, you tell it what the field name is. Okay? So right. you tell it, I want my call underscore ID, for example, the field value to, ha- to take the, the key or the name is, you know, uh, call ID. But what, for example, would happen if the field names were in the events? Often they are. Okay, so let's say you have a from equals Michael to equals Maverick. Splunk's going to pick all that out. But I had someone this week, they, they wanted to make a lookup. Okay, so they were using, let's say, a, a configuration file that happened to be XML. And they wanted to, and, and it was provided by a vendor who changes this file frequently. And we'll talk about how the lookup process happened maybe on another episode. But he ate this XML file, and you know, XML files have uh, often the same type of stanzas but different um, field names in them. So, right. But he chose not to eat this as one big line. He split it up into separate lines. So if you were to look at this at the very beginning of like an XML element, it would say, you know, bracket, let's say, user space ID equals wild. And then another in this file, it also had um, group space ID equals three and um, maybe uh, office space ID equals west. Okay, and this repeats Uh several times. Yeah, that's not good. Well, the part of the problem is Splunk is going to pick up the field ID automatically because it sees a key and a value. But that's not what we want. We actually really want office space ID, user space ID. Right. So there's just a variable number. Yeah, we actually want it to be there. So what you can what I found you can do in the field transformations, normally you'll go and put a regex in there and then you'll use something, a stanza that says format and it'll say name colon colon dollar one. Okay, the field name dollar one. But if you make two capturing groups, okay, one capturing group for the field name. In this case, we were picking everything after the bracket and everything going up to the equal sign, which would capture user space ID. So that's dollar one. And then another capturing group, the field, which was right after that in quotes. Then when you select in in transforms.conf, when you say format, you can say dollar one colon colon dollar two. So Splunk will then automatically dynamically determine the field name or the key and then the value. And then what if it has weird characters in it like spaces and asterisks and all this other garbage? Splunk will automatically clean those keys. So anything that is not an alphanumeric character will be turned into one. So a space, wow. for example, will turn into an underscore. So it was pretty cool. I Again, I didn't think that was possible, but it's actually in the docs, which is good. And uh, we tried it. We had to tweak our regex, and it turned out to work swimmingly. Totally that's swimming. Very, very, yeah, All right. that's very, that comes in very, very handy. Last All right, thing. So, last yeah, thing. Last What's up with the bone? Because we, we got to right. go. I know. We got to go. So here's the deal. Um, when, we first, when we were first starting out and we were hired... The employees, at least I can speak for myself, a lot of the employees are, I'm talking like the first 20, 30, 40 employees, pe- you know, people in the entire company at Splunk, the HR uh, put a bone on your desk, big old huge cow bone. I mean, this thing is huge, like bigger than your forearm kind of thing. 
And then, then they'd say, you've been boned. Here yeah, you like go. to sig- then, signify that you're the noob. Yeah, you're the, you're the noob guy. Here's, right. you're the, you've been boned. You get the bone. You get to own the bone until the next new guy comes in. And then the next new guy gets hired. Then you get to go give him the bone, and he gets boned. You know, you bone him kind of thing. You know, give him the bone, and he gets to own it. So, so, so the thing is, is that so I signed it when I did it. I signed it and put my hire date. And then when I gave it to the next new guy, I told him, sign it, put your hire date, give it to the next one, and just keep it going. So over the f- last five years, almost five years, this bone has been thrown away and then mysteriously reappeared somewhere unexpectedly. It's been lost a couple times and then mysteriously appeared again, reappeared in a couple time uh, places um so it's exciting to let everybody know that it is now in our seattle office it showed up there we don't know how we don't know how it got up there it's a mystery (laughs) of the bone it's a mystery it's there so they're all getting the bone and they're getting boned uh, right now and then hopefully the plano office will get one here or we'll clone the bone and we'll have a bone in each office or something like that you know um declan shanahi who is a splunk engineer a software developer uh, engineer he works on our cloud team he actually i think he's building from Maker dot or uh, Make he's building the MakerBot thing where you can basically, it's like a three D printer. I think is what it sort of is. Cor- correct. So maybe is they'll he gonna make, he's going to make make the bone clone the bone, right? I don't know. I mean, you obviously have to scan the bone in to get the dimensions, but hey, I'm sure you can make that on Make.com. So, <laughs> anyways, um, just a little Splunk lore, if you will, for the comp- uh, how it is. We're a growing company. We're hiring in a lot of different areas, so if you're like Splunk and maybe want to work here, just like some people like using Google and want to work there, uh, check out Splunk.com. There's a under company. There's a careers link. Uh, Maverick and I are looking for another team member in Plano. So if you're interested, give us a shout. Uh, speaking of shout, we want to give a shout out to everybody who listens and tell you that thank you. Email us Splunk Talk at Splunk.com. Have a fabulous weekend. Happy Splunk. Happy Splunk. Because Splunk is about to take over the world. One day to save your adventure. Oh.